Blog Talk Radio. Monetary Life. This is your host, Robert Fisher. I'm very pleased to be welcoming my guest, John Gallo, tonight. John is such an interesting fellow who comes from a corporate and a publishing background and several years ago decided to withdraw from his work life and actually try and become an enlightened person. Uh, When I first met John through a mutual friend. I was totally fascinated um, with his story. Here's John now. John, is that you? Yes. I was just giving the listeners. (laughs) Well, welcome to Monergy Life. How are you tonight? I am doing absolutely wonderful. Thank you for asking. Terrific. I was just giving our listeners an introduction into... um, your fascinating life story. And the way I described it was uh, that you were in publishing and business and you decided several years ago to become an enlightened person and in some respects withdrew from the business world and just became enlightened. Is that fair to say? Uh, Yes. And, and, you know, the the beautiful thing is uh, everybody is enlightened because everybody is light. Okay, the only thing is that I didn't recognize it most of my life. And I didn't recognize it and I didn't accept it. But now I recognize it now and accept it, and so now I live it. But this is universal. This is not only for me. We all are enlightened, but we don't know it. Absolutely, but everyone has different degrees of awareness about it. Yes, but... thing is everybody at the core is the same because absolutely we are all spiritual beings having a human experience in a vehicle that are called bodies okay and when the spirit is in the body it has limitations and those limitations can cover our true identity John, let's go back a few years and let's talk about what was going on in your life before you decided to spend a lot of time to find out more about awareness and consciousness. What was your life like before you made that decision? Well, I was in like I call I would call today the hamster wheel, okay? I would get up in the morning, run my business, you know what I'm saying, do the same old, same old, try to do this and try to get that and try to 
make more money, try to be more successful, blah, and it's like the hamster that you go, he goes into that little wheel and starts running, 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 running until he's absolutely, totally exhausted. Then he gets off the wheel, he drinks water, he eats and falls asleep. After he uh, uh, replenishes himself, he gets in the hamster wheel, goes around and goes nowhere. Except get to, and it's over the same thing, same thing, same thing. It got to the point that I said, you know what? I really don't want to live like this anymore. This is not it. And so right. that started my, and that's what started my quest to find out who, what was the underlying secret of creation, because. I knew that I wasn't being fulfilled, and I didn't have peace, and I didn't have joy in my life. So what was the first step you took to discover the underlying secret of creation? Asked, who am I? What right. am I? And then I started to read. And the first book that was the catalyst, if you will, for my awakening was when I read the, the following phrase, become the watcher of your thoughts. That I read in The Power of Now. That's, uh, now it's going to be 11 years ago. And I said when I read that, what in the hell is this guy talking about? And all of a sudden, that was the awakening. I am. I, the spiritual being that I am, is going to watch the thinking and the thoughts that go on in the vehicle component of John. Now that's a very interesting thing to to actually do, and I could understand where when you first read read that read that passage that it really caused you to think so much about it. So, if you could tell the listeners what types of steps did you take to become the watcher of your own thoughts, to be the observer, if you will, uh, in your life. Um, well, how can, uh, how, very, yeah. Go ahead. Well, it, it's. I remember at the beginning of that, watching my thoughts. I would get up in the morning, and again, start my little uh, normal day of uh, doing this and that. I would get out and go to an appointment, and I immediately would see John going into this thread of thinking, of conversations in my mind that I was going to have with a person that I was going to meet with, okay? You know, it's like these little uh, 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 conversations that we're having with people if we're angry or if we're mad or uh, of this, and we have all of these conversations in our mind. Right. And then I would slap myself to stop thinking about that. I would literally stop and say, I slap myself and say, John, I don't want to go there. 
So the what they what they call the monkey mind, you know, where you we yes. have all these random thoughts going on in our mind, yes. and it seems to be a web of confusion when people start running in their mind with all these crazy thoughts. So you found a way to shut down the monkey mind. I found a way just to be. In other words, today I can say I have uh, what the Zen Buddhists would call a don't know mind, meaning that my mind is blank. I, the spiritual being, having this experience is now observing creation and my daily life through the eyes of the vehicle of John. But I am not judging, thinking about what I see. I just take it in. So that was one of the first steps, reading the power of now, coming across this passage so what happened after after that? I mean, how did your how did your life change on a daily basis? Well, uh, I mean, uh, I've I read uh, I mean hundreds of different books from every kind of uh, Buddhism, uh, Hinduism, uh, Kabbalah, uh, Sufism, uh, Soriatrism, you name it, I have read. Okay. Uh, and then one of the things that the major things that I did was that I decided to quit and my business, and I just shut that. I just totally stopped working, stopped earning money, and uh, quit my business altogether. And took about a year and a half off of meditating and finding what I do have now. Right. Now, what business were you involved with at the time that you decided to stop? I was, uh, my wife and I were the owners of a publishing company, and we published magazines that we had done for 21 years. So what was it like to actually initiate that process of closing down? Did you, how long did it take? Were, were, well, it was were a pretty, shocked? it was a pretty, it was a pretty horrific experience when you have to tell your wife that you're going to quit your business and, and you're just going to do nothing. And what so was her initial time, reaction? You're abandoning me? Mm-hmm. Anger, Did- fear. Mm-hmm. and resentment, and you name it, all of these things. And I was for a very long time, for years, accused of quitting and doing all of these things. And it just became, it caused a lot of turmoil in the family in Eucharist. A lot of anger, a lot of fear, because the fear, all of a sudden, we went from needing an income here, okay, and we went to zero. Right. And I think so, that the – go ahead. Yeah, go – no, no, you go ahead. You think what? Hmm? I think that the, 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 the climax of it in my – the process was when we got to the point where we spent three months, okay, without any power or running water in the house. 
And I said early on in this quest to finding who and what I am, a spiritual being, I, I said to my friend who used to come and bring me food and, and things at the house because that's where we were at that point in time. And I said to him, I am going to learn how to live from the within, meaning from spirit, out to the out, outer world, meaning the material world. And uh, all of a sudden, during the time that we had no power, and I remember this is with the quantum shift, if you will, in my, my being. I remember that I was taking, I would take five gallons of water from my neighbor to flush the toilets in the morning and the evening. And I would uh, be carrying the water, and all of a sudden I say, wow, you know what? I am grateful to the Creator for allowing me to have this experience in the material world. That thankfulness, it was the catalyst of the quantum leap in from the human experience into the spiritual experience. And from I, I then wanna, on, I, everything changes. You know, I'd like to explore what you just said uh, a little bit more because what you're really talking about is a an attitude of gratitude. That rhymes. I didn't mean for it to rhyme, but it, it does. And gratitude for just being alive and for a simple thing like you're discussing, it's amazing to me that that really caused the shift to your spiritual awareness. That was the bridge, if you will, that allowed you to understand who you really were, what you were really doing here. And it's amazing to me how the simple practice of gratitude can impact lives today. I mean, I want the listeners to be aware of that. It's just such an important point that you're making, and it's a pivotal point that, that sort of pushed you into your spirituality so I, I, I think that's what are your what else can you say about your thankfulness, your gratitude? What do you think well, about gratitude very, now? I'm going to tell you uh, what I think about gratitude, and I'm going to tell you about how important that is, because once the the, the create my belief system, which is what I think and my perception, which is not the be-all, end-all, okay? It's only me, mine, okay? Uh, everybody has their own, and everything is good because nothing exists. No thing can exist out of the mind and the being of the creator, okay? So everything is the creator. Now, when you, the creator, in my opinion created one law, the law of the universal mirror. Now, how does it work? When you stand in front of a mirror and you frown, that reflection is going to frown back at you. True or not? Absolutely. If you smile, that reflection is going to smile back at you. Now, imagine the difference in energy, the difference in how the universe is going to reflect back to you what you're putting out. When you say, thank you for allowing me to have this experience, versus, shit, how does this fucking thing happen to me? Right. See the difference? 
And that Absolutely. is where and that is where you can become the creator, a co creator with the creator of your life. So gratitude is central to this process as you see it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is uh it is because by when you're thankful, there is a very loving energy that goes with it. When you are complaining, there is a very negative energy that goes with it. And the universe will reflect back to you what you're putting out. So uh, now let me skip back. I have learned from this process of watching my thoughts and practicing my spirituality in my daily life. And what I have learned is I do not think about anything that I do not want to see in my reality. I only think about that which I want. So, if something appears that I dislike, I totally, it's not that I say it's not there, but I don't put my focus on it. I ignore it, if you will. I don't worry about anything. I I understand that, but I have a, a question for you. If the universe acts like a mirror and reflects, you know, what we put out, do we have absolute control over the energy that we put out, do you think? Absolutely, absolutely. Because what the the thinking is like the steering wheel. You see, it's not my energy. I am only using it of the creator's energy that's flowing through me now. My thinking is the steering wheel, if you will, of the creator's energy. So my thinking and my belief systems are what's going to color that pure energy that is flowing through me into the material world. And that is what creates my reality. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. And, you know, I, I, I totally uh, agree with you, and I've been learning more about what you're talking about myself in the last year or two. Um, some people call this the holographic theory of existence, too. I'm sure you're right. Right. Yeah. Uh, in that we, in the theory is that we live in a hologram, a three-dimensional reality that's totally created by our own thoughts. So it, there are physical reality is a direct reflection or mirror, as you will, of our thoughts. So it's, it's the same thing you're talking about. And I find it to be a really interesting uh, concept and I'm pretty much uh, 100% on board with it. Um, it took me a while to accept it because it requires a great leap in, in your mind to understand this theory and to really, you know, work with it. Uh, 
Uh, and once you accept it, there's another leap you have to make, which is not to blame yourself for what is your physical reality. In other words, you know, just to observe what it is and perhaps make another choice if you want a different outcome, you know? Uh, so Exactly. The, the key that I've learned in how it works is whatever is, is, okay, it's already there. You already created it. Uh, now, the good news is you can say with anything in your existence up until today, you can then change that tomorrow by changing your choice of existence today. Because the only thing, there is no time and space in in creation. This is part of the material world. There is only an infinite now. And that infinite now is like the Romans lived 2,000 years ago in their now. Right. Anything that we do now, we will affect the next and up and coming now. Right. And it's all a choice. It's all mental. The universe is mental. It's it's fascinating. It's really fascinating. Uh, So if you could tell our listeners briefly, I mean, believe it or not, we only have less than 10 minutes left in the show. But if you could give them some idea as to how your life changed when you decided to shut down your publishing company and you were just reading all these books, uh, you were without power and water for three months, what was that experience like? Because that's not something that the average person has experienced. So, I mean, do you feel that that was something that you just had to do to get the awareness that you have now to to understand your spirituality? That was your past. Do you think that that's the case? Yeah, that was my past. That was my choice. That's why before I took up this body, that was part of the agreement that I had to fulfill in order to get to where I am today. See, today... I can give it away. I can explain it because I, it's mine. It's mine. I possess it because you cannot give what you don't possess. So in order to get to be mine, I have to experience it in a way that I can then go back and say, oh, this meant this, this meant this, this is how it's done, because now I can go ahead and help other people. Right. So... You feel that you went through this and the, the one of the main reasons was so that you will be there to help other people, to share that knowledge with people that need it. Is that correct? Absolutely. I am here to give it away. And that is such a great position to be in and it shows such a, such a generosity of spirit also uh, because... Uh, you know, it goes, it goes counter to a lot of the things that we hear in our society where people, you know, they they hold on to every bit of knowledge they have for themselves thinking it's so precious and they're the, one, the only ones that have it. But in reality, what you're talking about is something that's available to anybody, but not everybody has access to it. And you do, and you'd like to share that information. I want to share it freely because you cannot keep. You see, my spiritual growth 
is only equated to how much I give it away. The more I give it away, the more I receive. Do you think that's that true for all? So uh, are you saying that is really the, tr- the truth for every act of generosity, that it's repaid maybe ten times? Yes, that is the basis for that is what we're talking about, spirit energy, okay? I received spiritual energy, and I wasn't, I didn't prepare, I didn't write anything. Everything that I have spoken to you is coming out from my higher self, my spiritual being, if you will. I don't talk, I don't have a book, I don't write anything, I don't know what I was going to talk about, and we've gone from this conversation to that conversation, it just flows from the spiritual realm into the material world, I'm basically the open door, if you will. The more I help other people and I give this knowledge away, the bigger and stronger that energy comes through me. That's terrific. Are there any experiences that you've had in helping people that stand out that you'd like to share with the audience? Anything, any story, anyone in particular that you can think of that really comes to mind? No, I know of a lot of people that I have helped transform their lives. Uh, They're little all over the country that I have worked with. Uh, I know that I've taken people, uh, somebody that was very, very angry uh, and very, you know, at the world and everything before me. And today, uh, this person has a very similar uh, peace and joy that I have the ability to enjoy today. And the transformation that I've seen in this individual is is enormous. And the only thing that I've done is become a point of reference to what his core being is. And that's what I am, a core, a point of reference. Now, how do you find, when, when you interact in the world today, um, John, how do you deal with people that come across your past that are very negative and may not wish you well? What's your... I allow, I allow everybody to be what they are. I accept because how can I say to the creator, you made a mistake? Right. Because if I were to say this is no good, I'm telling the creator because, again, to back to my statement, no thing can exist outside of the mind and being of the creator. It is all the mind of the creator, the energy of the creator, and the body of the creator that we are part of, the oneness. And we are all integrated within that. So if I said to to judge somebody, what I try to do is look at everybody's core spiritual beingness. And I totally try to bypass the human condition. That's really a fascinating approach. Uh, and by when you say that, bypass, you mean bypass the circumstances that that human being may find themselves in 
and sort of try and approach them on a spiritual, deep level? Is that what you mean by that? I look at everybody as a spiritual being having a human experience that they're choosing to have play out this little part in the theater of life. Right. So to me, it's and, the world. It's a world. It's a big theater. Right. Which it is. Which it certainly is. Uh, it's it's really, really fascinating and. Do you do you get upset by any world events today that people very none, often... None, none, and I'm going to tell you why. Everybody is here, comes to the world of form in order to fulfill part of their plan. Sometimes the, 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 the children that passed away in the tornado... They came, they're spiritual beings that came to fulfill that part, whatever it is. Because nobody dies. We transmute, we transcend the body, we let go of the the material body, and we continue to be a spiritual being. And you can point, the, the, the closest thing that I can say that, close your eyes. And when you close your eyes, you know, you can't see anything. Everything is black, but you know that I am. I'm here. I'm aware. You can be aware of your hand. You can be aware. And that's what happens when we go into the spiritual world. We still have that awareness and individuality. But we are not separate from the creator, and we are not separate from each other. Interesting. We all are infinite spiritual beings. We all John, are John, John, we have 10 yep. seconds left. I want to thank you so much for being on the show. It went way too fast, and I'd love to have you on on another occasion to continue this conversation. John Gallo, um, thank you so much for being on Monergy Life. Good night to all my, our listeners, and I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, chat as much as I did. It was totally fascinating. John, thanks again so much. Good night. Thank you. Bye-bye.